This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of, I don't know, Amittai. I'm not going to act all spiritual when I'm not that spiritual. Amittai. Yeah, that sounds really awful. Y'all from Amittai. <laughs> Is that in the valley? No, it's not. Okay, Amittai. Saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into the boat to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. We are reading a riveting story in the Bible about a man named Jonah. Now, just to quickly recap, uh, we studied the first week, the life of Peter. God has a plan. The life of Paul last week, God has a plan. Today, I want to unpack and reveal even further and convince you that God has a plan for your life. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, I believe that God created the plan and he's now more than ever committed to the plan. It's a riveting story about a man named Jonah. The Bible says that God speaks to him and says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Nineveh at this time is a, it's a wicked city. It's a city that's very evil. It's against God. God wants to use Jonah to go and share the good news of Jesus. Share the, the gospel, so to speak. Tell him about how gracious and kind and loving this God is. He says, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah's like, um, God, that's, that's neat and all that you want to save those people, but I don't like Nineveh. I ain't never been to Nineveh. I don't have plans on going to Nineveh. I, I actually am going to do the opposite. And he leaves on a boat, pays the fare for a ship, gets on a boat and goes the opposite direction to Tarshish. He goes against God's will, against God's plan. And he pays the fare to go to Tarshish. Now, this is really interesting. This is where the story gets good. He's on a boat, and all of a sudden, a storm breaks out. This storm is very, very aggressive. In fact, the guys that are on the boat, sailors, very well-experienced fishermen, they notice right away, this is not an ordinary storm. We've been through many storms before in the past, but this is an unusual one. Somebody caused this storm. Somebody in their rebellion somebody in their unforgiveness, somebody made this happen. So they draw straws and like good friends, when they find out it was Jonah, they threw him overboard. <laughs> if you don't like a friend, throw him overboard. <laughs> what kind of church do we go to? Um, so they throw Jonah overboard so they get rid of him from the boat. When he's in the ocean, God appoints a fish, a whale, to come swallow him whole. It's there when he's in the fish, he comes to his senses. He repents, he turns to God, and he goes to Nineveh. Long story short, he preaches the good news of God. And in the end, now remember, this is where we meet Jonah when God speaks. Let me just give you the end of his life. I always like looking at the end of the story. At the end of his life, Jonah is used powerfully. God is using him to do unusual things. The end of his 
his life is a story of redemption that although there's some twists and some turns, some bumps and some bruises, some hardships along the way, in the end, Jonah does what God wants and is used by God. Anybody thankful that even though you've made some mistakes, you're still a candidate to walk in God's plan for your life? Come on, I think we can be loud on that. It's not the 10 a.m. This is the 12 p.m. We're two cups in. I want to preach a message today. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called A Storm and a Fish. A Storm and a Fish. And I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to believe that God will come and encourage us today. If you're married right now, uh, would you just kindly just grab your spouse's hand, and we're going to believe that even over your marriage, that we're, as we're preaching today, it will encourage you. If you're single, just Grab your own hand in faith that one day you'll have a hand to hold. <laughs> one day I'm going to hold somebody's hand. Right now I'm holding my own hand. But in Jesus' name, I'm going to have somebody's hand. Maybe it'll be next Sunday in Jesus' name. We'll turn a prayer card into a praise report. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> By your spirit, I'm rise. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> enough, man. Enough. That's enough. Let's get serious. We're at church. Let's be serious. I'm kidding. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our church and our city, all that you're doing. We say yes to you today. We acknowledge you today. Thank you that you are loving and kind. You're compassionate and you're gracious. We remind ourselves of who you are. God, as we open up your word, we ask that you'd Open up our eyes to see Jesus. Open up our ears to hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in these moments and in this setting. We are so grateful today. And God, as a community, we are praying every single week for the Los Angeles Rams. God, we're believing that this next year we will win the Super Bowl. And God, we add our faith to the Lakers. God, allow the NBA championship to come back home to LA where it belongs. God, you never loved Cleveland. You proved that for 52 years. Let it come Come back to LA where you love to celebrate championships in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. come on church, we're going to need a little bit more faith in that. And everybody said, where are the Laker fans at today? <laughs> Number two pick in the draft. Um, I, just let me see your hand. Have you ever in your car, you ever gone the wrong way? on a one way. Let me just see your hand if you've ever done this before. It's the worst feeling in the whole world. This is why I avoid downtown LA a lot because downtown LA will get you. You're downtown, you're driving, you think it's a two-way street, then you take a turn and all of a sudden it's a one way. Has this ever happened to you? It's the worst. You're like a deer in headlights. You're like, OMG, let's keep it Christian, and OMG, there are cars coming. It's the worst thing and the worst feeling to be on the wrong way, going the wrong way on a one way. It also, in addition to that, it's, it's just the worst feeling when you're lost, when you don't know where you're going. You're in the wrong direction. You, 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 your GPS don't work. Yesterday, my wife, she had to be somewhere. She was going somewhere and she called me in a panic. She was in a frenzy. She said, babe, and, and I know this to be true, she's gone through four iPhones just this year. Pray for our house. We got mad problems. Four, four iPhones this, this year, and her, her maps, for whatever reason, don't work. Each phone, her maps will not work. It, there's a curse on our, on our phones. And, um, and, and so she's, she said, babe, I don't know where I am. The thing will not recognize me. I don't know even this location, and I'm trying to get here. I felt frustrated as a husband that I could not be there for my, for my wife, for my spouse. I could not be there. I couldn't help. I just was like, ah, like I was frustrated with her. It's like, <laughs> like I got my Jumanji jacket on. I'm like, ah, like, this is not going to help anybody, buddy. And um, 
It's not, it's just, there's jeans, there's rips in your jeans. It's not gonna help anybody. And so I'm I, I literally panicking, like, I, I don't know how to help you. It's one thing if you're going the wrong way. It's another thing if you just are directionless, like you have no idea where you're going at all. I wanna preach today that our God is a God that even if you're going the wrong way, he still has the grace to turn you around on a 180 and get you going the right way. Today, maybe you're directionless and you're going, I don't know where I'm at in life. I don't know where I'm going in life. Good news to you today, you don't have to make a plan because God already has a plan. Anybody thankful today that our God has gone before us and he knows where he's leading us? Come on, don't do a little golf clap. Come on, anybody thankful today with some faith that God has a plan? I love this. It says in Jonah chapter one, verse one, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. This is how God works in our life. This is how God reveals his plan. That Did you notice that Jonah did not come to the word of the Lord, but the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Would you write down, I'm gonna give you a few thoughts to encourage you today in your faith, wherever you're at in the faith journey, write down the first thought. This is so God. Number one, he'll call you. God will ring you up. God will come into your space. God will talk to your heart. God will ring you. He'll call you. Jonah chapter one, verse one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. It wasn't that Jonah was going after the word. It was that the word was coming after him. Can I encourage you today? You did not find God. God found you. You weren't pursuing him. He was pursuing you. God is after you. He's got a plan for you. He keeps leading you. He keeps guiding you. He keeps speaking to you. Why? Because God wants you to be in your God-given potential. God wants to see you walk in your destiny. God wants to see you fulfill the plan that he has for your life. God saw Jonah and he said, Jonah, I've got great things in store for you. Jonah, I have authored and planned some awesome things for you. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I feel like there's some people in LA that are going like, oh, I've got to make my five-year plan. Oh, I've got to, I've got to decide where I'm going in my direction. Oh, I've got, to, I've got to journal down. What are my goals? I don't care what your goals are. God has a better goal. God has a better plan. And God loves you so much that he will actually call you. He will actually come into your soul, into your your spirit into your situation and he'll speak to your heart. Now it's interesting what, what happens with Jonah. That God speaks to Jonah and he says, Jonah, I've got a word for you. I've got something for you. And some of you are going today like, well, I don't know if it's God that's talking. How will I know if it's the Lord who's bringing me a word? I can't discern between the difference between my voice and God's voice. How can I find out if this is just what I want or what God wants? Can I encourage you today? You can always recognize when it's God. The Bible says my sheep will recognize my voice. This last week we took the family to go see Finding Dory. Have you seen it yet? I loved Finding Dory. It was so awesome. But I tell you about, you know, right in the middle of the movie that the octopus guy came on. And, 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 and I, right away when I heard the voice, I was like, I know that voice. I know that voice. You ever watch these animated movies? And you're like, I know that voice. <laughs> Whose voice is that? And I, I refuse to Google it because I'm like, I'm better than this as a man. I know that voice. So like for the next five minutes, I'm just. <laughs> I 
I know that voice. And I, for, I could not figure it out. I'm like, oh, where's it? And finally, I don't know what he did. He said something. I was like, ah, yes. The dad from Modern Family. I knew it. 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 I was so excited because I knew that was that voice. Can I encourage you today? You will know when it's God because it's God. You will know when it's the Lord because it's the Lord. You will always be able to tell what's a word from God, what's a vision from the Lord. You will always be able to tell that's from me or that's from heaven. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He called Jonah and said, Jonah, I have such great plans for you. You know, I know what's interesting about humanity is I think this about most of us. We are not afraid of failure. We are not afraid of being small. Most of us, we are really intimidated by the great plans that God has for us. Most of us are scared out of our mind for all the blessing that's coming our way, for all the paths that God has prepared, for all the favor that's on your life, for all the grace that is undeniable. Most of us are afraid of the things that God has because you know how daunting, you know how amazing, you know how wonderful they are. God does not have plans for your obscurity. God does not have plans for your calamity. God has plans to promote you, to favor you, to give you a grace, to give you a hope in the future. A few people understand this. Come on, anybody thankful today that God has great plans in store? Says Jonah, I've got, whoo, I'm burning to reach this city, man. And I'm going to use you to reach Nineveh. Jonah's like, yeah, that sounds cool and all, but deuces, I'm out. No way I'm doing, God, no way. In fact, deliberately, intentionally, Jonah goes down and he pays the fare of a ship to go the opposite direction. Have you ever gone against what God wants for your life? Have you ever rebelled against the word of the Lord? Have you ever said, God, I know you got your plan, but I'm doing my thing. God, I know you got a call on my life, but I'd rather live for myself. Jonah says, God, you can keep your plans. I'm getting out of town. I'm not going to Nineveh. You know why, contextually, why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? Jonah was from Israel. Nineveh was an enemy. Jonah did not want to go preach God to Nineveh because he said, God, these are my enemies. I don't even want to see them come to know you. I know that once they hear about how loving and good and gracious and kind you are, they will say yes to you. Can I just say, how dare it be to us that we would eliminate anyone from hearing the good news of Jesus Christ? I think we ought to let everybody know about how awesome God is. Somebody say amen. Jonah says, God, I know how good you are. That's my enemy. I'm going the opposite way. He gets on a boat. He pay, pays the fare. In life, you have to choose. Will you pay the fare for the ship of rebellion or will you pay the fare for blessing? He pays the fare to go on the ship. He leaves the presence of the Lord. He gets on a ship and this storm breaks out. Now, it's one thing in life if somebody causes a storm in your world, it's a whole nother issue when you cause the storm. He gets on a boat in rebellion and these guys can recognize this, somebody did something wrong. You ever notice in life when it's a bad season, like, whoa, this is not, I should not be dealing with this stuff. The, all hell breaks loose in his life. They throw him overboard. God appoints a storm first, and then God appoints a fish second. Jonah is thinking to himself, you ever talk to yourself like you're crazy? 
Am I the only person in here that talks to himself crazy? Jonah is talking to himself crazy. Jonah's walking around the, the, the house or the well. Either one, you choose. Jonah's walking around like, only you are so dumb. Only you are so stupid, Jonah, that you would end up in the... Are you for real, Jonah? You are so dumb. You, we're in a fish now, buddy. He's talking to himself. You, do, do you like how this worked out? Do you like how this... Jonah, you are so dumb. You are so stupid. Can you believe this? Can I encourage you today? Sometimes God will send storms and fishes your way not to harm you, but to help you. So Sometimes God in his providential nature, he will narrow your choices until all you have left is God. Sometimes God will bring you to a place where you realize, God, I don't, I can't do it on my own. I can't keep faking it till I make it. My soul is depleted. My mind is going crazy. I need God in my life. Sometimes God will intercept you in your worst place so that he can get a hold of your attention. This is not so God hurts you. It's so that he helps you love this about God. It's kind of like when a quarterback rears back and goes to throw a pass and the defense will go and as it's about to go to the receiver to be caught, the defense will intercept the ball. Sometime God intercepts your life. He intersects your life from the plans of the enemy to harm you and to hurt you and to take you out. He said, no, no, no. I'm stepping in when you're stepping out. I'm actually interceding your life when you're on the brink of rebellion, when you're on the brink of disaster. Anybody thankful that God loves you enough to send a storm when you need a storm and a fish when you need a, oh, I feel like preaching right now. Come on, anybody thankful today that God loves you so much that he's gracious in his love? Jonah's in the belly of a whale and in Jonah chapter two, it says, in my distress, I cried out to God. Point number one, he'll call you. But write down number two, you can always call on God. You can always call on God. It's never too late to lift up your voice. It says when he was in the belly of a whale, when he realized I messed up my marriage, I, can't, I messed up this friendship, I did a dumb thing, I went against God's precepts, I did what I said I would never do again. And in his distress, have you ever cried some tears in the midnight hour? You ever filled your, your pillowcase with some tears? You ever been through a hard season? You ever gone through some stuff in life? Jonah's like, I'm in the belly of a whale. I made a disaster of my life, but you know what? I believe God listens to my prayers. I'm crying out to God. You can always call on God. I love Psalm 18. Psalm 18, read this wonderful verse in the Bible. It's David writing here, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears. I cried out to God and he heard my voice. I can tell you, I'm a, a father of three children. We have a four-year-old, we have a two-year-old, and we have a nine-month-old. I can tell you when any one of them cries, I know who it is. When my baby Maverick, when he starts crying, that's Maverick. When Winston cries, I say, oh, that's, that's Winston, and it's way too early in the morning. Jesus, put him back to sleep right now. Send a spirit of sleep into that room. Shh, ba 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 ba. When my Georgia cries, I said, that's my Georgia right there. Do you know that God knows your voice? In the same way that you know his voice, God knows your voice. And when you call out to the Lord in your distress, saying, God, I made a mess of things. I went, I paid the fare to the wrong ship. 
When you cry out to the Lord, I believe that God hears your cry and he'll answer your prayer. Come on, anybody believe today that God calls you when he's got a plan, but we call God when we need a God. He cries out to look, God, help me, Jesus. <laughs> help me, Lord. Why did I do it? I'm so sorry, God. I, please, Lord. God, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen God turn his ear away from his children. He always turns his ear towards his children. He cries to John and says, God, I'm sorry. Help me. Give me a second chance. Can you write down number three? We serve the God of second chances. He's the God of second chances. I love this about God. The Bible says in Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. In other words, in this kingdom, at this church, in this house, with this God, if you don't get it right the first time, God will always give you an opportunity for a second time. But if I'm being really honest with you today, we don't just serve the God of the second chance. We actually serve the God of another chance. Because he doesn't limit himself to a second chance. But our God is the type of God that says, if you don't get it right the second or the third, or the fourth, or the fifth, or the sixth, or the seventh, or the hundredth. I'm going to give you opportunity after opportunity because when God makes a plan, he never changes his mind. When God chooses a man, he never turns his back. God loves you. He is for you. He's the God of second chances. I remember I grew up playing high school basketball and my, my, my coach, my, my high school basketball coach, he was, you know, tall, six foot six redhead guy. I can still hear his voice and sometimes I have nightmares about his voice. And, and the way he said my last name, nobody's ever said my name that way before. He's, he's saying, He's just getting so upset, so mad. And I'm, I'm, I'm scarred for him. I'm in counseling. It's, I'm going to be okay. I got my Jumanji jacket. I'm going to be all right. And so um, I remember when, when, when I was playing high school basketball, we all kind of on our team, we played in fear because we knew that if you make one mistake, just one, a defensive rotation, a, a bad pass and a turnover, the wrong shot selection, if you made one mistake, you knew you were going to hear your last name and someone was subbing in for you right away. So it was like, bad pass, and then right away, you knew that someone was at the scores table checking in for you and you were coming to sit on the bench. And that created this fear culture where you, when you got in the game, you started to be like, ah, I can't mess up. I can't make a mistake because if I make a mistake, I won't get another chance. God is not like that. When you make a mistake in this kingdom, God says, that's all right, just get up again. That's okay, we'll try another time. God gives you another chance and another chance and another opportunity. Come on, anybody thankful today? He's the God of second chances. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Oh, I love this. The first time it came, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He rebelled, bought the wrong ticket, gets into a storm, gets into some of you. You say, well, how could God use me? Or how could God be still loving me? I've gone through hell on earth. I've gone through this situation. And then I was in this thing. And then I did this incident. And then I smoked this thing and whatever. And then all, how could God, God says, I see the storm. I see the fish. And I'm actually glad that I now have your attention. And I'm going to bring the word a second time. Some of you today, God is not trying to bring you a new vision. He's trying to reveal the old vision. He's not giving you a new calling. He's saying once again the old calling. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Everybody say second time. 
I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I feel passionate right now to communicate to some folks. God has not given you a new calling. He only had one calling for you. He only has one plan for you. God doesn't make a plan B after the storm and the fish. He always has a plan A. The gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable. He is for you. And the Bible says in, in Philippians chapter 1 verse 16, he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete the work in you. I feel like preaching. Anybody felt like applauding? I feel like rotisserie chicken up here. It is the hottest stage in the, anyways. Can you put that verse that we just talked about, Philippians chapter 1 up on the screen? Philippians chapter 1, verse 16, or 6. That's also, there was, I knew there was a 6. Again, biblical prowess is just unprecedented anyways. Um, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I just love this about God. God in his compassion, he calls you. And depending upon how you respond to it, well, that's your deal. But God just says, I just, I'm not the God that leaves unfinished projects. But I am the God that will narrow your choices until soon you'll realize what I really have in this life is you. And I'm so grateful for another chance. Jonah, in the belly of a whale, he says, you know what? I, I made a mess of my life. But I'm so grateful that when I called upon him, he heard my cry. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. God says, okay, you're ready. Watch what God does. God takes the fish and in his providential nature brings the fish all the way over to Nineveh. Eventually, Jonah would fulfill his call. He would go into this great city he would tell the people about how loving, gracious, kind God, and they would all come to believe. Revival would sweep out just as God had planned when he spoke to Jonah the first time. You know, that would happen eventually. But isn't it interesting that life sometimes we delay our destiny? Can you write down number four? Don't delay your destiny. Don't delay your destiny. Some of us, it takes us years to come to the place where we're saying, okay, God, you win. I'll serve you. I'll join the connect group and get connected in community. I'll go through gold tracks and be a part of building your church. Some of us, it takes us years to realize what could have just taken us moments. It's amazing in the story of the Israelites, they got out of captivity, they got their freedom, and they were promised a promised land. But did you know that the journey should have only taken a few days, 11 to be exact, but it ended up costing them 40 years. It's amazing how many of us in this room, it's taken us years to come to the place where we realize, you know what? I should just say yes to God and fulfill the call of God right away. Don't delay your destiny. It's not worth it. You don't have to go through all those bumps. You don't have to experience those bruises. You don't have to have that hardship. You don't have to sleep those sleepless nights and have those tears in your pillow. Come on. You can just say yes to God and say yes to his destiny and fulfill the call right away the first time. It's always easier the first time. 
I remember growing up in my home, my dad used to ask us to do something. He'd say, I want you to go do this. And we'd give him some attitude, flip some lip, you know, and my dad would look at me and he'd say, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond again. And I knew that if we didn't respond again the second time, I knew that he was going to grab the paddle and we was going to get a spanking. And that was just the home I grew up in. And so, and so I knew the second time I better get it right. But you know, if I didn't get it, you know, I have to face the consequences to not responding right to my father the first time. I don't want to face storms and I don't need to be in fishes when I can just say yes to God the first time, when I can just walk on the straight and narrow, when I can just do life God's way. I'm telling you, it's always easier. There's less heartache. There's less damage. There's less fishes. There's less storms. If you just say yes to God's plan rather than doing what you want, is there anybody that would agree and say, I don't want to delay my destiny. I want to walk in my God-given potential. So Jonah shows up in Nineveh, and he's got some stories to tell about his experience in Tarshish. When he preaches to this great city, the city of Nineveh, the whole thing gets flipped on its head, revival breaks out, and God uses it mightily to change that city. Isn't it interesting that when the word of the Lord came to Jonah, if I can be honest with you today, it wasn't even just for Jonah, but it was for Jonah and it was for others. God's plan is never just for you. It's always for the others that you'll impact. It's always for the people that you'll reach. It's always for the lives that you'll touch. In fact, let me just give you the last and final thought to write down to encourage you today. God is always for all people at all times. He's for all people at all times. God was for this man, Jonah. He said, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He said, Jonah, I got a call for you. I got something special for you, but it's not just for you. It's actually attached to others. I'm going to use you, but I'm going to use you in this great city, Nineveh, and the city will never be the same. It's not just that you'll never be the same. It's that this city, in addition, will never be the same. I invite the worship team to come up right now. You know, I've got to be honest with you. I am totally convinced that every person in this room, God has a plan for your life. I think it ought to scare you how great and powerful and wonderful those plans are. I got to be honest with you, just a heads up, these plans, they're not ordinary plans. They're not plans to keep you in obscurity or to hurt you or harm you or to keep you small. If I'm you sitting there today, I would sit there with a smile on my face. I would smile because I know God's got a plan. He's up to something. He's got something unique and something powerful for my life. But God's plan for your life is not just to make you famous, to make you rich, to make you known or to make you powerful. God has a plan for you, but it's always attached to something larger than yourself. Like in other words, here at this church, in this community, it's important that you say yes to God because it's not just for you that we need you to say yes, it's for Los Angeles that we need you to say yes. It's not just for, for you, for you to, you know, have some cool idea or do some, some cool thing. No, no, your yes is attached to our yes. Yeah, I, I want to tell you, you, 
you might not be able to dictate the vision of our church, but you can help expedite the vision of our church. You're, you're a part of something larger than yourself. You're a part of something bigger than just you. God's plan is not just so that you can do your thing. It's, it's so that we can do our thing together. God said, I, I, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, but it wasn't just for Jonah. It was for a great city. I'm telling you, there's so many of you sitting here today that God's saying, no, no, no. The thing I have for you, it's attached to something bigger. It's attached to something greater. It's attached to something. I'm going to build my church and it's actually going to be through your yes. I'm going to build this city and it's actually going to be through your yes. I'll never forget. I was in Seattle, Washington years ago. Minding our own business. Wasn't going after a word from the Lord. I was in a church service just like this. A guy was up preaching. And I'll never forget the word of the Lord came to me. Go to that great city, Los Angeles. I remember God spoke to me so clearly. I had to sit down in the church service. I had one of those first iPads. You remember the original iPad? Looked like a big VCR. I had to sit down with the iPad. Now the iPad 2 mini, you know, you can text on those. It's a real small. But the original iPad, you had to hunt and peck. I'll never forget, I sat down with the iPad and I started writing down, this is what God's gonna do. I see a vision, God's speaking to me. God, everything that we're seeing today in our church, I saw four years ago in Seattle, God gave me a word, the word of the Lord came to me. That scared me so bad. The word of the Lord came to me. I don't think that's ever happened. That was awesome, caught it. Could you imagine if God spoke to me said, go to LA. I need you to reach that city and build a church. And I said, God, no way. I'm going to Vegas. That's Tarshish. Vegas is definitely Tarshish. No, God said, go to LA. And it wasn't just for me to be in LA. It's so that we can reach LA. It's what we can do in the city to help God. It's so that God can use us to build his church, establish his kingdom, preach the gospel, be in community together, see other people receive the word of the Lord. Come on, anybody today want to say yes to God's plan? We do not need a church that is with the fishes and in the storms. We need a church that says yes the first time. God, I don't care how big it is. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care what it feels like or looks like. If it's God's plan, then it's my plan. I say yes to you, to your will, to your way, to your vision, to your plan, to your dream. I say yes. I don't want to delay my destiny. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.